This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Well, well hang on a minute. <laughs> I had kind of had a clue what we're doing. I, I think uh, TechFan31. Tech, just that and nothing to know. Okay. Welcome to Tech Fan number 31. My name is Tim Robertson. I'm joined by David Cohen. Hey, David. Hey. Thanks. Uh, now, I want to, right at the beginning, tell everyone you're hearing an echo. It's not your car. It's not your headphones. It's a. <laughs> you can't say that. For all you know, they might have an echo in their car. You're absolutely right. But the echo that they're hearing on the show is from the room that we're recording in. And uh, there's nothing we can really do about that at this point. You know what? Actually... Let's let's see if we can take that whiteboard and move it over here, right in front of us. Now, when I say in front of us, I have uh, James. Hey, James. Hi there. What's your last name? Tillapa. Tillapa. That's not important. Okay. So Dame, James is actually going to go grab the whiteboard and move it over here, see if we can knock this echo down a little bit. Um, and the loud noise you hear is now the whiteboard. And bring so you're, just in, like the, as you're close in the Max Specialist dunk, Dungeon. Wow, I think that it might have actually made it worse. Does really? it? Does it? The, how's that, David? Uh, it, uh, is it bad? Mildly, be- mildly better, but uh, well, we'll call it good. Do we have a velvet curtain? Uh, <laughs> you know that would actually work. Any kind of a curtain or a something. I do have something. Do you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> give me, give me two minutes. Okay, two Carry minutes. On. So while James what a, is... Uh, <laughs> what an employee. He opens up his desk drawer and pulls out a velvet curtain. So, yeah, let me explain. Uh, we're at Max Specialist in downtown Chicago. Um, as anybody listening to the show for any length of time knows that uh, I work here at Max Specialist. And I usually spend my time either in our Villa Park facility or here in downtown Chicago. And I'm in downtown Chicago. And James is one of our... Um, newer hires he was i hired james i think back in december or so um obsessively to be a business to business salesman but he's so much more than that uh he actually advertised for a bench tech position originally david and after meeting him i called him and i said i can't hire you as a bench tech that would be like you know bringing barack obama in to be a telephone operator doesn't really make a lot of sense so that's who James is, and uh, we'll go into a, a little bit of his tech background. He's now furiously shaking out. I can see something that's blue. It's some kind of a blue screen. And I, and, oh, it's from our trade store. I'm already hearing it sounds better, so that's yeah. good. He, see, this is why you, you hire the right people, David. Absolutely. You know what would be good, James? If we move the speaker right here close behind... And put a uh, blanket over that, too. That would probably do it. This, this is podcasting 101. This one right here. This big speaker behind us. This one. If you put it like right behind my chair and then put that, what you just put over it, over the speaker, that will probably knock down the bounce. Now, here, here's the thing, um, dear listeners. <laughs> podcasting sometimes is kind of done on the fly. 
And this is definitely one of those shows that's done on the fly. You always have to be prepared to rip apart a room in order to get slightly better sound. Slightly better sound. It's Actually, it should sound a lot better at this point. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does, actually. All the echoes <laughs> gone. Well, this is a, the, the training room that we're actually in is kind of a long training room. There's a bunch of desks, a bunch of IMAX sitting on the counter or on, the, on those desks. Uh, whiteboards, a screen, a projector, speakers, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it's a training room. Yeah. You don't have a lot of furniture in them, and so you get a lot of echoey bounce, which is fine for everyday use, but when you're recording on audio equipment, eh, it doesn't sound quite as good. No. So, so James has furiously... You, you know what? Now, now take this and go over there and take a picture. So we can... We'll actually post this up on the MyMac.com website. You can see our handiwork... <laughs> this will be like the cover shot for the podcast this week. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to you telling me yeah. what happens when somebody comes into the room after you finish and goes, "What the hell happened in here?" <laughs> well, in that case, we'll actually take down all the uh, whiteboard and all the other stuff. And so, so anyways, Dave, we're recording with the Yeti mic, which I don't usually use on the podcast. I've used it a couple times. Uh, what do you think of the audio quality on the Yeti? Well, yeah, yeah. When I first heard it, when when we were setting up, I, I was a, a bit skeptical um, because of the echo, and and you kind of have to get close in to get the best out of it. Um, but uh, it's sounding pretty good now. I think the only criticism I'd make is the it, it kind of has a, a quite solid stand, and you're you so know, it, it, you're hearing yeah, that. So you're you're picking up noise from the table because that's being trans, transmitted out to the mic. It'd be nice if they had kind of a suspension set up for the uh, or a nice the rubber capsule. soft rubber base on the bottom that. Yeah. probably help so david you've done the last two podcasts oh well one of them by yourself last week's uh, number 30 and 29 you did with gaz maz the co-host of the mymac.com podcast uh i haven't listened to the new one to be quite honest i've been absolutely swamped but i'm about three quarters of the way with you and gas sound like you guys had a lot of fun we did yeah it was uh it was um i always like talking to gas it's very uh he's a very easy guy to talk to uh, and um, you can kind of spin him off on a tangent, and he'll talk about things at length, which is always good. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It sounds like Tim. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So I, I want to spend a little bit of time getting to know James for the for the listeners out there. Um, oh goodness, James, uh, you, you're a, you work here at Mac Specialist, but let's look beyond just your your Mac geekdom. Okay. Um, one of the cool things I learned about James David was he. First of all, I'm a fan of Back to the Futures, as I'm pretty sure you are. Yeah. James uh, actually built a Back to the Future DeLorean. Wow. <laughs> you want to explain that, James? Because the listeners are like, wait a minute, what's that mean? <laughs> uh, well, I, I found an excuse to build one, first of all, and someone to pay for it, which is another good idea, um, for... A store that opened up in Chicago, a coffee shop that glorifies the 80s. You can drop names. Uh, it's called The Wormhole at 1462 North Milwaukee in Chicago. Um, so we found a DeLorean in a suburb that uh, had fallen on hard times. and um, As pretty much all of them have. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think they were from the factory on hard times, to be quite honest. <laughs> the ones that the body panels weren't stuffed with cocaine. Yes. Uh, and then we found, uh, I found out that the uh, DeLorean Back to the Future model has a geek club of their own and uh, found a guy in Oklahoma that uh, 
does nothing but source out the original parts that they used for these cars, all the found objects. And uh, I spent a lot of time and energy, and uh, it's probably the the coolest thing I will ever do in my life is to be in a shop scattered about with DeLorean parts and uh, Mr. Fusions and flux capacitors and put it all together and make it uh, make it look exactly like the original movie car. I, and I can attest to that, David. I, James finally took me over to see it uh, a couple weeks ago now, and it, it, I, the only thing that was missing was Doc Brown, I swear to God. I mean, yeah. it's... It looks so realistic. It's, it's amazing. Actually, it's, it's inside the shop, so it's it's what you I see the, on the on the window when you walk by. I was going to ask because uh, most coffee shops I've ever been in don't really have enough room to swing a cat, let alone put a, a time machine car in. Yes. So this this must be uh, this must be quite a big place. Yeah, it's the it's the customer magnet too. It's what brings people. Cool. Uh, when you walk by on the street, David, you see the back end of the DeLorean. Wow. And it's amazing because complete with the out of time uh, license plate. Out yeah, of time, California. It's amazing because you're like, wait a minute, I, whoa, hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm I'm told they serve good coffee, but I'm not a coffee drinker, so. And the poor guy spent like ten minutes making me a cup of coffee, which I ended up giving to James because I don't like coffee. It was a good cup. <laughs> but yeah, it, it turns out Back to the Future has a fan base uh, almost as large as Apple. I think uh, it's worldwide. I, I can't believe yeah. how many people uh, from other countries really recognize that car right away, know exactly what it is. And it's iconic at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. So one of the other cool things, David, and uh, I'm springing this on James, is uh, he's kind of a child of the 80s as well. And right. he was asking me, uh, I think it was, was it earlier this week or last week, about a toy and I knew exactly what the name of it was. Big yes. tracks. Yes, the big track. Yeah. yeah. I, in fact, I, I'm, I've been toying with. They've started reselling those over here. They do. <laughs> they. Uh, the big track actually, mini or something like that, or uh, junior. Yeah, they do. A, they do a small one, and and they also do the original full size one. And I, I always wanted one as a child, and I never had one. And I have really been toying pretty hard with buying myself one. But well, guess uh, who got one as a child? Me, you did, and I, yeah. it, that represents the best Christmas I ever had. And uh, do you remember when we all discovered eBay and found out oh, if God, you know yes. exactly what you're looking for? You, you can, can find, find it. it. Yeah. For, for ten years, I've been I've been trying to remember the name of this thing, and I thought it was spelled T R A X X or something right. weird like that. And so I, I tried all these different things, and I never found one. And of course, I tell Tim this story, and right away he's like, "That's yeah, the big trick." Yeah, of course, because I had one. It was one of my favorite toys. Well, the, the thing is, you see, I had um, I had a toy that I that I got in the States because my, my family had a holiday home in Florida when I was growing up. And uh, one Christmas I got a, a thing called a Starbird Avenger, which was I think was also from the same manufacturer. That was kind of like a... a Where the a front state. would pop off? Yeah, that's I've cool. got one. Yeah? Yeah, I've got one um, now. I, bought, I found it on eBay and I bought it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was one of the coolest looking toy spaceships I've ever seen, yep. to be honest. Uh, and uh, had all the pieces that flew off and everything and uh, also it had an electronic part in it so it made engine noises and yep. laser noises and stuff like that and I always thought having this that if I had the big track as well that would be like the companion vehicle you know so <laughs> the, you know in your, your, your child's toy play idea you think oh well, you know the, the hero he's going to have a spaceship but there'll be times when, it's, when you need to do stuff on the ground or on the air so he needs a big track to kind <laughs> of uh, and that, that was what I always wanted and I never got to it I well, uh I, I, I told the story on Geekiest Show Ever uh, a, a couple years ago, and I'll m- briefly mention it here. 
the year I got my uh, Shogun Warrior Godzilla, my parents got me a toy, you know, bad guy, and it was a robot bug. That's all I could remember. It was a, like a wasp or was something this like that. 1955. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I, for years, I wanted. I I knew about the Godzilla. I knew what it was named, but I had no idea what this wasp thing was. And I had been looking for years and years and years. And for whatever reason, I was looking on eBay, and I looked up Micronauts, and I found it. And I could not believe it. And I immediately bought two of them that were in bad shape and put them together to make a good one. Um, but it's amazing what you can find on eBay. By the way, I will have a big track in 9 hours and 15 minutes. He's the highest bidder at uh, 22.50? Yes. Wow. Well, the actually, one... I'm, I'm saving my bid for nine hours and 14 minutes from now. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, going to snipe that sucker. Yes, it's nice. That's, I, I got the big track for Christmas, but you got a holiday home in Florida, so I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess we're even. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into tech news this week, David, there's been a lot of stuff going on with Google. Yeah, it's kind of crazy with their uh, I.O., but... The, the problem I'm having with it is that I've been reading all this stuff and it seems like they're <laughs> kind of throwing everything up in the air and seeing what, what kind of sticks and what doesn't. Well, they do that so every year. Stuff. Yeah, but it's kind of crazy, really. Yeah, they, but Google always does that. They always make all these big announcements and they're lucky if one of the things that they announce at their Google I.O. conference actually bears fruit at all. Yeah. Um, does anybody actually use Gmail for VoIP at all? I don't. And that was their big. That was going to be their big Skype killer. Remember? Yeah, and I do. Do you? Do you actually use the the voice? You know, I I was um, I was using the the Google Chat with the, the the camera, but now that FaceTime came out, it actually worked a little better. Really? Uh, for computer to computer talking, and there's someone in St. Louis, I guess, that I've been. <laughs> the uh, I don't know, we'll the, and of course that's the other thing we'll talk about here in a second is and i think every tech podcast in the world david is talking about microsoft buying skype yeah um i don't know what to think of that i mean look there's there's definitely a well skype's uh, a big money maker we all know that yeah well actually you know they (laughs) have a decent (laughs) plan but they don't really push the pro services no Uh, it doesn't but the thing is it doesn't actually make all that money um, the numbers that have been coming out of Skype are not huge compared to what Microsoft have paid for it. Um, and Well, this is the third of, time that they've sold, too. Yeah, exactly. And every time it's been sold, people aren't able to kind of uh, build it into something else. The, the, the difficulty, I think, with Skype is that if you integrate it with another company, you kind of dilute what it is. Um, and Microsoft already has VoIP services. It already has Office Communicator or Link, as it's now called. It also also already has a service built to Windows Live. So it, it's kind of difficult to see. You know, where you wouldn't pay you wouldn't pay eight and a half billion just to acquire the technology. Um, so it's difficult to see quite what what the play is here. And I think that's what got everyone scratching their heads. I I can only assume that. The, good, the Microsoft board kind of have an idea about what they're going to do, but they haven't really... You really think so? You think, you well, think they, I, I would got, hope, I don't I would think hope they for $8.5 billion. If I was a Microsoft shareholder, I'd want to know that they've got an idea what they're going to do with it rather than just decide that they just want to take it off the table. I mean, that, that could be the other thing, is they just want to make sure that nobody else buys it. But um, I, I don't know. Who, it's very difficult to understand what's going on inside Microsoft at the moment. I mean, you could, you could guess that... Microsoft just wants to have something that people want. They what else do they have? I mean, it, 
Yes, they're selling a lot of copies of uh, Windows what is it, 7. Yes. But that's a yeah. given. And they're going to sell a lot of copies of Office. That's a given. But what else do they have? Well, they have Xbox, and that does fairly well. Um, it lost money for the first eight years, and it finally started making money last year. But other than that, what, what do they have? They can't compete with Apple or Android or in Google with uh, telephones. You know, and I was excited about Windows Mobile 7, and I'm mm-hmm. still waiting to see it. I always said, well, I, it, looks, it looks great. They put a lot of time and money into it. I'm going to wait till one of my friends has one so I can look at it, and none of my friends has one. I saw a lady on the uh, flight last week to, and I've got a story for you here in a second, David. You'll like this one. Right. Uh, on the flight to San Jose, she actually had a Windows Mobile 7 phone, and I, she was sitting in front of me. I kept seeing her play with it, so I finally asked her. I said, how do you like that? And she went, eh, I wish I had got the iPhone. Oh. <laughs> I was going to ask, does That's she look problem. happy? That <laughs> is the problem. I, I, you know, I can't help feeling that pretty much everybody who buys something other than an iPhone or an iPad who's in the market for that device ends up buying it as a kind of as, as a second best for whatever reason. But I, I think you you kind of get the impression that deep down, ninety percent of the people who do that think, well, yeah, it is second best. I wish I could have got the iPhone, but for whatever reason, I couldn't, so I had to get this instead. I'd agree, kind of, to a certain extent. Now, for instance, James here just got an iPhone. You were with, uh, was it HTC or? I was with the, well, I had the original iPhone. I stood in line for the first two iPhones on yeah. my dad. But then um, the AT&T service stopped working in my house, which is a problem. <laughs> That's kind of a problem, yeah. Um, and so I went with Verizon Droid, um, the original Droid, before they remade it. And uh, wasn't. Let's just say I wasn't content with that. Um, <laughs> as, there, there are as he says, Android, holding an iPhone yes, 4 in his there hand are, right There now. are other Android phones out that, that, that work better or faster, that has a screen that, that is, is better at feeling your fingers and mm-hmm. what you want to do. But um, I, just, I couldn't wait anymore, and I, just, I, I flat out bought um, the iPhone 4 for Verizon from, from, from a guy. Um, I think that was me, sir. Was that you? I'm making noise over here. The That's ceiling's cool. not falling. Um, and I, I'm, I'm waiting to use my upgrade for the next iPhone. iPhone 5. Yes. Which some people say is probably right around the corner, but we have no idea. No. No. So, it's interesting, actually. We've, at my company, we, we're just transitioning away from BlackBerry to iPhone. And um, I've been watching people kind of move over to, to iPhone and, and see how they deal with it. And there's a guy who uh, works very close to me. Who I mean, he he's in some kind of his home fish and that sort of thing, but he's not really a big kind of gadget sort of guy. And he got the iPhone, and, and I've just seen the last two three weeks he's he's really started evangelizing about it. It's people who haven't got one, you know. Oh, have you seen it? Can do this? Have you seen it do that? You know, he'll talk for twenty twenty five minutes just showing off apps. And this guy is not the guy you would normally expect to evangelize about a gadget, uh, and he just can't stop going on about how great it is. Um, and so it's quite interesting. It does very well with people who don't like technology. Yeah, that's the uh, that's kind of always been Apple's cachet, though, hasn't it? Yes, like and, my, like and, my mother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, you know, the smart thing about that is there's many more people like that out there in the world waiting to buy things than there are uh, kind of gadget geeks. Oh, yeah, no question. <laughs> the, I, I wouldn't want to run a company that's geared towards the gadget geek. You'd go broke. Yeah. I mean, they just they don't spend a lot of money for the most part. It's the average consumer. They're the ones with all the money. That's you want to have products for them. So is is Max is Max specialist? Do you see that as as targeting the consumer then, or as the as the 
the kind of the geek or the more pro users? No, we, we pretty much do everything. We do have yeah. consumers. We're business to business. We're training. We're service. So, I mean, we pretty much cover everybody. Um, but we're in a unique position. We're not Apple. Um, but we support and sell all their products. We're evangelists for their products and their solutions. But we can go beyond just the Apple products because we're not Apple. Yeah. So it, it, it really works well for us. So, David, go, let's get back to uh, Google for a minute. Mm-hmm. Google Music Beta. Uh, yeah. Why? I, 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 I've read all about it. I've read all the editorials. It looks like a kludgy, well, an Android piece of crap. Um, and nobody that's writing about it is really... It's almost like that they're trying not to say negative things about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, pro, I, I, the problem with Google is that Google is trying to put lots of irons in the fire because, I mean, you've got to remember what Google's core business is. Google's core business is advertising. Yep. And all the technology you do is all about providing platforms through which they can sell ads to. Clearly, they're seeing a move towards this kind of cloud music thing. Obviously, obviously Amazon has a play there now. Um, there's rumors that Apple are going to go that way, but of course, who knows, really, um, at this point, rumors can, can often not pan out where Apple's concerned. Um, so Google's clearly, it looks, I mean, Google, Google Music to me clearly look like, well, they've decided they need to get in that space, and they've very quickly pulled something together to do it. Wait, I mean, um, you said something significant there. Are, are you saying that all these Apple rumors aren't always true? Uh, well, so I've heard. I've never heard. <laughs> I'm going to have to reevaluate the way I read other, my news otherwise, online. Yeah, otherwise some of the things that we've been promised, uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for that asteroid music thing. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. I think it's a big waste, but who knows? I could I, be wrong. I see here that uh, you can store 20,000 songs for free. Um, where, how, where do the advertising, uh, where does the advertising go? The, the, it, that's that the storage, but when you want to, you? to actually listen, yes. it'll bring up a player on your phone. Guess what they can put on that player? Anything? Advertising. And also, what they can also do uh, is they can see what music you like. Uh, and see what music you play and uh, you know get a good look at your music library which is all information that they can sell onto their advertisers and target ads at you through their other platforms so all of a sudden you'll find your gmail account is presenting you ads for music that you might like oh by the way we see you're uh, you listening know, to coldplay did you know that they're playing in chicago exactly. next week and, uh, and we have you know, tickets available click right. here you, you've not you've not listened tim to the show i did last week but i talked about that i talked about how there is no privacy anymore no there isn't because everything you do uh, whether it be electronic or in the real world creates data and that data goes and sits in a database somewhere and there is a commercial interest for many companies to do something with that data. By, by the way, and this he's, is the other he's British, and when he says privacy, you have to do the oh, translation privacy. to privacy. They're privacy. weird over there. They're just weird. We, we only invented the language. <laughs> <laughs> we, we perfected it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I, I beg to differ on that one. Say aluminum. Never mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so there's no this, privacy. This was precisely anyway. what I was saying. If you, if you use these services, you are creating data that is valuable to, to companies. And Google loves all of that. They love uh, to have a full width of services so that they can see what you do. And then that enriches their advertising platform. So that's the two prongs of this. 
um, and we'll see how it goes, you know. They're, they are the new Microsoft from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. They are. I mean, yeah. Well, if, now, they're, if, if they're keeping track of my taste, then at least I have good taste. Oh, there you go. So, that, that's a good point. Did you see that uh, Facebook actually admitted to hiring a PR firm to smear Google? I mean, it's like it's, it's Facebook against Google now. Everyone likes to say, well, it's Microsoft against Apple. No, not really, not anymore. Well, it's Apple against Google. Well, no, not anymore. It's Facebook against Google. That's the big tech rivalry now. Well, I think, I think Microsoft is also pretty um, they're irrelevant concerned about Google. I think well, they're... Of course they are. They're eating their lunch. But Microsoft themselves are pretty much irrelevant when it comes to you know, tech trends and, and where this entire tech industry is going. Nobody talks yeah. about Microsoft's products like they're cool anymore. They do with Google. They do with Apple. They do with Facebook. Microsoft is just kind of almost a has-been at this point in, uh, I, I in the consciousness Microsoft, of a lot of people. I don't think Microsoft's products have been cool since Windows 95, though. I mean, that was, that was where that came from. You know, Windows yeah. 95 was, was the big buzz, and it was the cool thing for a while. But I think ever since then, it's been on a decline. I don't think many people think... For it, think Microsoft is to Microsoft are far too corporate to be considered cool. Hmm. Yes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to talk to, talk about uh, an electric car company very briefly. David, be right back. Looking for in-depth coverage of the Mac universe? How about hard-hitting interviews with industry leaders with all the questions you want to ask? Or detailed product reviews for programs costing thousands of dollars? Then you should definitely find something other than the MyMac.com podcast. The MyMac.com podcast is the show for every Mac user. Fun, entertaining, with news, reviews, and interviews with people just like you. Who want more from a podcast than just talking heads? Find us on iTunes by doing a search for My Mac and get ready for a good time. I used to like talking heads. Okay, David, as you know, uh, I was in San Jose last week. Uh, yes, all, all of the tech fan listeners know you were in San Jose last week. <laughs> and um, I flew into San Francisco and then I had to rent a car in San Francisco and drive down to San Jose. And uh, my flight landed like two, two and a half hours after the time it was supposed to get there, which actually worked out better because I was supposed to be at there at 5 p.m., which meant I would have been driving the one-on-one in rush hour traffic towards San Jose from San Francisco, yeah. and that wouldn't have been fun. So I was already irritated. Uh, I was having a nicotine fit, really needed a cigarette. I go to the budget rent-a-car place and uh, see me name-dropping there. And the guy at the counter could tell I wasn't in a good mood, and I kind of tell him the story of being on the runway in Chicago O'Hare for two and a half hours before we flew, and blah, 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 and it's a four-hour flight. And there's a sign on his desk that says, ask me about my specials. So I did. I said, well, what's your specials? I didn't quite say it like that, but I was like, you know, yeah, what's your specials? And he felt sorry for me. And he says, and he, he called me Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim, I'll make you a really, I can't do a, a, a Mexican-American accent, so I'm not even going to try. Um, Mr. Tim, I'll make you a really good deal. For an extra 10 bucks a day, you can have a brand new Camaro. I said, sold. Now, what he didn't tell me was, this was a convertible Camaro. So, yeah. So I was kind of pleased with that. So through the whole week, blah, 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 it's time to leave. At this point, uh, Adam Carnival, who was the original webmaster at MyMac.com, um, and he's at Mac Specialist as well. He actually owns the company. 
we're driving the Camaro back from San Jose back to San Francisco. And one of the people that we were visiting there told us to take this specific highway. I want to say it's the 305, but it might have been the 310. I forget the, the number now. And it's rated every year as like the most beautiful highway in America. Now, when someone says that to me, I'm thinking, give me a break. It's a highway. Yeah. Oh, no, they're absolutely right, dude. It was unbelievably beautiful. It was, it was breathtaking. There's these rolling hills real close to you. You can see cows right there, and it's just, it's just beautiful. I can't even, words don't do it justice. Was this along the water or not? Close. It was close to the water. Yes. So we're driving back to San Francisco, and it's just beautiful country. And I see a road that says Page Mill, and I point that out to Adam. I'm like, dude, Page Mill. And he's like, what about it? I was like, you don't remember Page Mill? It was the HTML editing app back in the early days, and it was named after that road. And he was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Just totally not impressed. And I'm like, I guess, I guess I'm too geeky. Yeah. So we're discussing what we have to do, and I realize we need to put gas in this car before we return it. So we take the next exit. There's no gas station. It's like we're in the middle of nowhere. So we take another, we, we drive down a little farther on this road. We, the first road we come to, we take a right. We're just looking for a business to tell us where the nearest gas station is. Now remember, we're in a 2011 convertible Camaro, mus, American muscle car that makes a lot of noise, bright red. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they only have the sold those with the right top now. down. I no, they sell them in black too. As we come across the, come up over this hill, what do I see? Tesla. Wow, you know what I'm talking about, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, the the electric the electric car company. Yes, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, it's Tesla. Check it out. And of course, Adam is not as impressed as I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a theme with this story. Yeah, now. yeah. So we we pull into Tesla. Because I see a guy standing outside playing with a cell phone. He obviously works there. So here come these two strangers in a Camaro. <laughs> and what do I ask them? And remember, this is an electric car company. <laughs> yeah, where's the, the nearest, nearest gas, gas station? station? <laughs> <laughs> the look he did gave he, me. Did he slap you in the face? No, he gave me one of these. Really? <laughs> and he said, like, go down to the next exit and take a left. You'll find a shell. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> but I just found that so ironic. I had to call yeah. Guy Searle uh, from the MyMac.com podcast, obviously. And I told him the story, and he just died laughing. He got the irony of the situation immediately. Uh, I, I mean, wonder what that guy drove to work. Do they issue out Teslas to their staff? No. <laughs> I saw a lot of Priuses, though. I was going to say, I wouldn't imagine that, that most of their employees could afford a, a Tesla. They're not, they're not exactly cheap. They are meant to be very good. I, I drive a Prius, and uh, I'm a big fan of hybrid cars, electric cars. So uh, we should do a podcast on that sometime. Absolutely, you're. Uh, I drive a scooter. Does that count? It's not just like a little scooter, though, dude. It's well. Explain what the what what you're driving. I drive a giant scooter, which <laughs> it's my it's my urban assault vehicle, as I call it. <laughs> So, so what's the difference? Which I mean, surely a giant scooter is a motorbike, no? I believe in uh, I believe in the UK they call them maxi scooters. Ah, uh, right. uh, this thing goes a, over hundred miles an hour, man. Yeah, it's a four hundred cc. It's it still weighs about five hundred thirty pounds, but 
but you know it looks like a scooter and i still get picked on because it looks like a scooter uh by the motorcycle group we need to put a colorful apple logo on there it's a special one it's a special one so what else is going on in the tech world david um hey we got we got we got feedback on our uh, itunes page we asked people to do that and uh someone did it uh, thank you very much to Phil Paxman. He he sent feedback via iTunes, and I just wanted to publicly say, hey, thanks. He mentioned you in there, too, as well. Very nice. You know, I can't see our U.K. store listing in there, so... You'd have to change to a U.K. account to... Uh, or you could just look for me and... Or I could, and I could look and tell you. Take screen snapshots and... Yeah. <laughs> I, I will do that. If you guys want to contact the show, remember, our phone number is one eight zero eight nine three eight five 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 nine. Um, it's not a free call, and you can't call collect. <laughs> but if you call and leave a message, we'll play it on the show. David, quite honestly, I mean, we've only been recording for a little over a half hour, but I'm almost out of subjects, to be honest. It's been a very, very long week. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you see the, the launch of the new IMAX? I did. Um, so are you tempted by a new IMAX? Well, you know, I just bought the Core i7, um... 27 inch iMac about five months ago. Right. Uh, I would rather have had a, a Thunderbolt, a Thunderbolt port on there, but no, I don't have any buyer's remorse that I bought that and I didn't wait. We're well, funny enough, funny enough, I just bought an iMac. Oh. Uh, I just bought a refurb i3, so the previous gen i3, um, because obviously with the new ones coming out, they came down in price a bit on the refurb store. How much did uh, you pay for? I paid £769, so that was £140. I was about 15 20% off. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, compared to the machine, I have had, had a 2.4 gigahertz Core, Duo, Core 2 Duo before that. So, And this is significantly faster. I mean, really, like, noticeably faster, the Core i3. So I'm really, really pleased with it. Stack RAM? Uh, yeah, at the moment, I'll probably put some more. It's got four slots in, hasn't it? So I'll, I'll probably put some more in. Um, but at the moment, it's got four gigs. Um, and, and funny, I was, I was somebody asked me about it today, and, and they said, "Oh, what's the screen like?" And I said, "The screen is so good. I have it next to a twenty-inch Apple Cinema display, the al- aluminium ones. Yes, it makes it look crap." <laughs> I know it, it really you know, is. That's a big like difference. that's like a, you know, in obviously a few years old now, but you know that's a really good monitor, and it makes it look appallingly bad because it's just no, nowhere near as good as what's in the iMac I've got my 27 inch iMac right next to a 24 inch Samsung and the Samsung looks just comp- which is a good monitor but next to the iMac it just looks washed out and dull it's, yeah. it's hmm. I, I am excited about Thunderbolt uh, although within these walls we're calling it the Thundercat Thundercat I like that <laughs> Inside joke, an old I, you TV know, show. I, I, I like I like Light yeah. Peak better. I thought that was a better name. Yeah, I, I think the thing is with um, with Thunderbolt, and and this was kind of obviously I went through this thought process. I thought should I wait and maybe get one of the new Thunderbolt machines rather than uh, rather than buy this this previous gen one. And I, like I decided that at the moment, unless you have a really pressing need for that um, high performance storage and you think you're going to use it in fairly short order, then and it probably isn't worth necessarily... I don't think that, that in itself is a reason for going for the new machine. There's no peripherals yet, but eventually exactly. there will well, be. Well, yeah, obviously, but the thing is, by the time there are a lot of peripherals that can use it, then there will be better machines than what's, what's just been launched anyway. Yes, and then you can, so, buy, a, you can buy a refurb Thunderbolt. 
Oh, exactly. And the other thing, of course, is that at the moment there's none, none of the hubs or connectors or anything. So even if, even if I, for instance, had I built the new machine, I would have had to plug a, plug a mini DisplayPort adapter into it to put my second monitor onto it. And then I wouldn't be able to use the uh, Thunderbolt adapter for anything else anyway. So it would, and to me, they need to have more than one Thunderbolt port, or there needs to be a lot more peripherals that can share those Thunderbolt connections out. Um, at the moment, just having one and then having to, the monitor through there seems a bit limiting. I agree. But yeah. so, it's early so days I, still. It is early days. But I, 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 so that's why I thought to myself, Ali, I, I probably won't. Um, I probably won't lose too much if I, if I go for an older machine now. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of hoping that by the. Uh, you know, within before the end of the year, they will update the MacBook Air to uh, Sandy Bridge and Thunderbolt, and uh, I'll, I'll maybe I'll get it on then. There. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the places that I was last week, David, was actually uh, at this fruit company, their corporate headquarters. Oh yeah, and um, small place is it? Small kind of place. a little shack by the side of the road. Yeah, they have this logo with a bite out of it. <laughs> And uh, one of the neat things while I was there, uh, actually looking for a bathroom, um, someone knew who I was. And, of course, I'm thinking, well, yeah, I've got my name tag around my neck, of course. But he actually knew who you were, David. Wow. And he mentioned to me, after pointing out where the bathroom was, he says, so, so David Cohen's doing the show this week by himself. So just so you know, there's, there's people in these... Well, tiny little fruit companies hmm. that actually know who you are, and they actually I've, listen. Uh, Have you mentioned um, the uh, security following you around the uh, store? Oh, that was a different one. <laughs> you, do you want to tell that one? That was pretty funny. Uh, well, you know, us at the shop, we get we get jealous of people wearing the official Apple paraphernalia that you can't buy anywhere except on campus, apparently. Right. So when Tim got there, he gave me a. He called me, and I was at one of the offices. And, uh, you know, one of the nice things about the new iPhone 4 is when someone calls me, the little FaceTime uh, icon pops up, which reminds yeah. me that it's there. Uh-huh. And uh, he was in the store and said, you know, there's some stuff here. Do you want a, do you want a shirt? Do you want a jacket? And I said, are, are you in a Wi-Fi network? And he was like, well, no, I just called you. And I was like, well, maybe you could FaceTime me uh, pictures. And he's like, actually, I am in a Wi-Fi network. <laughs> right, cool. So, uh, so we got that going. And then he, so he's, he's, you know, showing me what's available. And I'm running around to the other staff. So I'm, I'm in Cupertino. He's in Chicago. Yeah. And he is literally shopping with, via my phone, yes. video. And apparently the, uh, the staff there weren't too keen. Well, the staff didn't mind. Um, it was a security guard. Oh, it was, who a, was, security, yeah, it was oh, a security okay. guy that kept giving me the stink eye and kind of following me around a little bit. Okay. I thought it was funny. Uh, it, wor- it worked well, though. But the funny thing is we're shopping for Apple gear remotely using pure Apple technology, an iPhone and FaceTime, you, you, for a company called Mac Specialist. You can't get any more Apple geekdom than that, yeah, can you? Yeah, pretty geeky. Yeah, but I bet if Adam had been with you, he wouldn't have been impressed by that. He was with he, me. He was, and he was there, but he wasn't. He wasn't, no. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to impress that one. Yeah, he's, he's jaded. Um, uh, I thought it was kind of neat, though. I did get a lot of people mentioning my check-in via Foursquare and Facebook at uh, One Infinite Loop. People, hey, what are you doing there? And <laughs> I've had, I had a few people saying, are you going to work for Apple? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm quite happy at Mac Specialist, thanks. Um, but it, it's definitely different when you go there, David. Um, you kind of have, you know, hardcore Mac guys and Apple fans have kind of this 
grandiose idea of what it would be like to to visit the corporate headquarters of Apple. And uh, you know what it's like, David? It's just like everywhere else. Yeah, it's an office. <laughs> it's just, it's an office. Um, <laughs> I, you know, were there segways everywhere? There was seg- no. I didn't oh. see any actually. Um, I liked San Jose, but you know, I like the change of seasons. So I'm I'm happy here in the Midwest. Honestly, I like snow when it when it first starts snowing. I like it up until after the first of the year, and then I'm sick of it. Uh, I like snow at Christmas time and New Year's and the chill in the air in October and spring coming back with the flowers. They don't get that type of change of season in in uh, Southern California and and the coastal regions up there. And I think I would miss it. I would. I don't think I would want to ever live there. Yeah, I like my change in wardrobe. Absolutely, you get to pay. You know, well, a lot more money for clothes. <laughs> yes, which now includes a a nice. Uh, what would you what would you call that jogging uh, zip? Up, uh, yeah, uh, kind of a rain jackety. Members only jogging, type it's a, of. It's a jogging jacket. Oh no, wait! I was thinking of mine. Because I, oh. I got a jacket. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in my car. Okay. Um, how, how did you find find? Um, one thing that always puts me off traveling in the states is going through all the security stuff with all the technology that I tend to carry around with me. How was that for you this time? No problem at all. They never searched no? me once. Um, I, d- I did have to repel down a, a skylight at uh, SFO. Uh, but other than that, no, it was, it was fine. <laughs> By the way, you, it, it is true. You can get rope burns. It, it chafes. So keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, always wear a good quality pair of gloves. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Don't, always get the, the nylon rope, too. They, uh, they have a little bit more give, and they stretch a little mm-hmm. bit farther. So... If it's a good five feet from the store, you might get enough stretch to reach it. You're the good. important thing now at airports is clean socks and socks that you're hmm. not ashamed of. Yeah. Well, actually, I, something I heard the other day, um, Tim, you remember when we were at, um, at Macworld last? Yeah. Um, that we were there with Adam Enks and he was wearing those shoes that kind of looked like gloves for your yes, feet. <laughs> absolutely. The, uh, you know, the runner's shoes, the Vibram Five, fang- five Fingers. I've heard that apparently those are very good for traveling in because not only are they very comfortable, um, when you go through security, everyone assumes you're in your socks, and so you're not asked to take your shoes off. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, my, the first flight from Kalamazoo, Michigan to Chicago, uh, I forgot to take off my shoes, and no one mentioned it to me. Hmm. I thought, hmm. I thought about it afterwards. Like, they didn't... Wait, was oh, that well. Kalamazoo or is that Kalamazoo? Kalamazoo. No, it oh, wasn't Kalamazoo. Care. They were like, yeah, whatever. They You're not a terrorist. Go on through. We already got Os- Osama, so. I wondered with those shoes, do they make special socks with, with toe? You can, yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They, they, you can get toe socks for them. So That's they, uh, nice. Yeah. I think so, I'll just walk around with those. <laughs> that, so, David, I think we're going to wrap up this show. Um, we're going to be back together next week, uh, recording on Friday. We're actually recording on Thursday this week. So next week we'll be back on Friday. Uh, from the home studio where you won't hear all this echoey and people... You hear that? Yeah, that's people walking around upstairs. Something around. Uh, we probably need to record some more promos, David, for the MyMac show. Um, yeah. They, they keep playing the same old stale promo. Now, you asked me something. My promo that I recorded for the MyMac show, where you hear yeah. that I'm getting mail, you asked me, did you make that sound or was that just, you know, it, it just happened to happen? And as I told David, it just happened to happen. It, it just dinged at the right time. Uh, James doesn't know what I'm talking about, so I'll play it for him. But, yeah, yeah it, it just happened to go ding right there at the end of the commercial. And I was like, it, it was just a perfect way to stop the commercial. 
So sometimes those cool things happen. I still like the original AOL sound. You've got mail. Yeah, the Tom Hanks Meg Ryan movie ruined yeah, it for me. Yeah, the commercials. I yeah. understand. Ugh. No. Ugh, <laughs> that was terrible. So we do encourage everyone listening to this podcast. Make sure you check out the MyMac.com podcast with Guy and Gaz. We also have At Minute with Sam Levin, and we have Pocket Size Podcast with Scott Wilsey. Hopefully you're listening to all of those, David. Yep, of course. We've got some really exciting, cool stuff coming up soon. Uh, Alyssa Paselli is doing a screen capture type of video podcast, and it's all about learning your Mac. That I'm really looking forward to. She's got uh, the very first one already done to me. I just have to kind of look at it and see what's going on. I just haven't had the time yet. That's on my schedule for like two days ago. (laughs) So um, that's going to be really cool though. I I think people will learn visually, David, a lot better than listening to people uh, on a podcast or reading a book. Just visual learning is the way to go. You you can't really show applications unless you can actually see what people are doing. That's right. Absolutely. So, and I think she's got kind of this natural, Oh, I don't even know what you'd call it. Um, attitude or i'm not quite sure um it's very she's very straightforward i would say yes and and very easy to understand it's called learn my mac and uh, donnie yankel actually made a a a kind of a cool apple-ish logo for it and hopefully that will be launching within the next month um so make sure you check that out and listen to the announcements here as well as on the my mac podcast and we would love feedback it's feedback at mymac.com that's email. I gave you the phone number earlier, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to ask David to do it because I know he doesn't remember, so I'm going to put him on the spot. It's uh, a series of numbers. <laughs> 801 You know and what I'm going to do? I'm going to scratch that with a nail into the aluminum of my MacBook Air here. So absolutely. It's here. That's, that's your punishment, actually. So, David, where are you on Twitter? Uh, I am David B. Cohen on Twitter. Looks like Johnny B. Good. Yeah, a little like that. A little I bit mean, like not that. as good, not as Johnny. <laughs> and not as good, definitely. Uh, and I am at MyMac. Are you on Twitter? You. Are you looking at me? I am looking at you. I, I am on the Twitter at uh, Comtra, K-A-M-T-R-A. So? I don't know. You know, it's Amtrak with the K at the beginning instead of the end. That That's too clever. What can I say? I've had it since AOL 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to wrap up this episode of uh, Tech Fan. David, thanks for being here. And uh, thanks for filling in the last two weeks when I couldn't do the show. That's, that's all right. That's you know, what you pay me for. Well, <laughs> yeah, the big checks. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just glad that Tech Fan is a show uh, whether I'm on it or not. I didn't want to yeah. start Tech Fan and, well, Tim can't do the show, so there's no episode this week. I wanted it to be bigger than just one person. And it's, it was absolutely fantastic to listen to Tech Fan that you were doing with someone else or by yourself i'm sure i like i said i haven't listened to that episode i want to give a shout out actually to um on twitter damien ward who's known who's also at keen mac wizard who um complimented me on my choice of music for the uh for the bumpers last week um which is uh, anybody who's from the uk and grew up grew up within the last 15 20 years will recognize both pieces of music so i would say nothing more than that i look forward to listening Uh-oh. to Tim. I will be listening to it on my drive home from Chicago tomorrow. So it's hey, James. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, it was my pleasure. Um, next time we'll be better prepared and uh, really be able to have more of a conversation. Wonderful. Because this was kind of slapshotish, which happens sometimes. Well, if I'm invited back, I'll bring a script. 
Well, yeah, that, that's the problem. <laughs> Not the script part, the invited back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, I'll see you next week, man. All right, bye-bye. See you then.